Are you looking for a connection and the platform to share your passion? Or are you ready to make a positive change in your life and want support and encouragement? Well, today you're in for a treat. Hello and welcome to TripCast 360, the podcast of lively banter about travel, tourism, and entertainment. This is Michael Gordon Bennett coming to you from a chilly, by our standards, Las Vegas, Nevada. And I am joined by the Barbados Flash via the Big Apple, Dave Cumberbatch. Dave, we are going to get a little exercise in today's show. Um, and I'm looking forward to uh, this kind of a unique take on travel. I think we're going to have a little bit of fun. And you're so right, you know, because sometimes we underestimate all the benefits of running. Eh? Today's guest has used running to push to push past her walls, to find passion and achieve dreams to inspire. That's inspiring for me. Well, yeah, I'm just thinking about uh, the uh, sore knees and sore hips and everything else I got at my age. But she can laugh at us about that when we bring her on the show, because I'm sure she probably will. You're uh, showing um, your age now. You're showing your age now, Michael. Man, you know, I, you know, living in L.A., there's a lot of runners in L.A. And, you know, I, I've run a lot of 10Ks. I used to run one in Brentwood every year. There was one in Redondo Beach. There was one in Santa Ana. You know, a lot of the beach communities have these 10Ks. I've only run one or two half marathons. And this young lady has run 13 in one year alone. So th- this will be really great to see how she got into the sport and her passion and actually what she's doing with it, what she's doing with running. Is, is actually, uh, uh, it, it's a wonderful thing to kind of explore and to um, a- explain to people. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, before we get started, uh, as I do at the beginning of every show, a few housekeeping notes. Uh, you can catch our podcast on our website at tripcast360.com or wherever you get your podcasts. We are on all of the platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio. So wherever you listen, Please uh, tune in, subscribe, like, share with your friends and all that good stuff. And just to let you know, we are also planning to launch a uh, photo of the month contest soon. Details will be available in our newsletter, posted on our social media platform and on our website, tripcast360.com. And the best part of all of it, there will be a prize awarded to the winner each month. So stay tuned for that announcement uh, forthcoming. Uh, We're still working out some of the details, but uh, uh, we think it'll be a lot of fun and a good way to engage people, especially in this COVID world where people are uh, uh, kind of hiding from the travel business for a while. And we only have one rule so far that we can think of, and that your image has to have something to do with travel, which leaves it wide open. So, that is uh, right. So, yeah, this was Dave's idea. So we're going to we're going to take and run with it. You can also follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. By the way, we just published our first uh, monthly newsletter. To begin receiving yours, go to our website, tripcast360.com and sign up. Great, great stuff. So, yeah, and and we'll update that. Like I said, we're not going to pester you. It's only a once a month thing for right now. Uh, If we see something really special in the travel universe, we will send intermittent newsletters, but we're going to try to keep it to once a month. Yeah. So without further ado, let's get to our guest. She is the founder of Run Fully Global, a worldwide community that uses running as a metaphor to help you achieve your major breakthroughs, offer opportunities to give back, and connect the world all through movement. In 2018, she ran 13 half marathons across the United States and Mexico. 
That same year, she traveled to seven countries in a month to celebrate her 30th birthday to prove that people can connect beyond borders, languages, and backgrounds through fitness. Along the way, she faced some daunting challenges that now qualify her as, as a seasoned international traveler. You can see Melissa's adventure on the Run Fully Global YouTube channel in 2021. Today, we are going to explore some of Melissa's domestic and international adventures, what motivated her to launch Run Fully Global, and what she does when she's not pounding the pavement. Hey, Melissa Ames, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome, Melissa. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. You guys are so much fun. <laughs> but, but we try to make travel fun. We want to make it fun, yeah? But you said to you, uh, you, you said while traveling as a runner, you don't need to be a runner to run fully, you uplift all ages, all abilities, all ethnic backgrounds. Uh, what inspired you to start Run Fully Global? Um, it, I was inspired because I started to share my running journey on Instagram. Um, so I'm usually silly and goofy, and I love to, um, to sing and dance while I run. Um, and, but normally I would kind of like keep that to myself, you know, like I want to, I wanted to present a more professional, um, um, aspect in my career. But whenever I started to, to do this, I ran my first half marathon in 2014. And that experience was so incredible. Like in that moment you realize, oh my gosh, if I can do this, I can do anything. Um, and then Later, as I continued to run, people started to respond and, and would tell me their personal stories. Um, I was connecting with people around the world already just through sharing my story. Um, and then um, I was, I remember I was actually sitting in a, um, like a, a, a phone store and watching this commercial for Carpool Karaoke play over and over again. And it just like slipped into my mind, like, oh my gosh, like this could be a show, like this could be um, something. So instead of um, actually driving, we're running. So we run while we do the interviews um, and then we do a little bit of a singing and dancing while we are running. So it's similar to that. Um, but then also I've always been very passionate with giving back and with how much running has connected me to this beautiful community. Um, how, how when you do travel, you can like, you know, explore a city. Um, and so it just began to grow organically um, through through uh, running the 13 half marathons and through that initial idea. Have you always been an athlete? <laughs> Did running come naturally to you? Is it something you discovered along the way that you enjoyed? How, how did you initially just start running in the first place? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I started running because in junior high, they make you run. You know how they make you mm -hmm. run the mile? Did you guys oh, ever yeah. have to do that? <laughs> yeah. We're not, we're not yeah. that old. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was I was one of those crazy kids that was like actually liked it you know everybody else would be oh man it's Friday or it's the once a month and we have to do this and people would walk and I would run it like I so I enjoyed it however I had heart palpitations um and so I um I did join track and field because I think the max that we ran was maybe three miles for practice or for any like um, tournaments or anything. Um, but then in high school it went, they were like, okay, for practices, we're going to start running 10 miles. And I was like, I'm out. No, no, thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I joined the swim team instead. Uh, and I stopped running like for many years. Um, but I always had this dream, uh, to run a half marathon. I don't know where it came from. It was just one of those bucket list things. 
But I always wait. Said, whoa, whoa, whoa! You know, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Hold time out! Time out! <laughs> All right, yeah, she, yeah, she, yeah, she yeah, said yeah. bucket list, and she's thirty-two bucket years list. old. Okay, I, heard it. You, uh, <laughs> I, I just wanted to call you on that, but keep going. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what do you mean? A thirty-two-year-old <laughs> with a bucket list. Uh, that mean, that <laughs> yeah, young? you're a little too young for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I've always had this thing of like, yeah, I guess I have so many ideas that I'm like. Like, I've got, I've got to do it. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah. So, so run fully globally uh, or global. I mean, tell us what your organization does specifically. I know you do a lot of philanthropy. You do a lot of giving back. I mean, eventually we're going to get into some of the countries you visited through your efforts, but tell us what you do. Yeah. So right now the foundation of it, it has become this, um, group program that we'll be launching in December. And that is um, pairing a movement goal. So whether you want to run your first 5K or even just like run around your block. Um, so a specific movement goal, half marathon maybe, um, and then pairing that with a personal goal. So like uh, a passion project, being able to complete that, or just simply going from a, a period of low point, like maybe depression to feeling joyful again, and to even finding your purpose and your passion, because that's what I did whenever I ran those 13 half marathons. I was taken on this journey from a really low place to finding all this stuff, but that was never my goal, but that happened in the process. So that's what I learned. um, And that's what I want to do for other people. So I'll be taking people through um, a four to six week program um, that brings that community and hopefully will have people from around the world because I, um, that's where Runfully is going in the future is I have ambassadors already in Indonesia and in India and a few other places um, and that they put on events in their country. And so it's initially um, starting locally and then will be more of a global aspect that gives back so that while you attend an event, you're also giving a portion of your ticket to other events being able to happen in other countries and to this community being able to connect us. And so that because I realized that when we um, connect on an issue like that, we understand like running fitness, we get that. We all need to do that all around the world. So you connect on that and you're like, oh my gosh, like I've experienced a first racer. It's hard for me to start too. And then little by little, you actually get to know um, the person, you get to know their culture, you get to know where they're from, their city, um, their story. And that's how we can really bridge that understanding and that love and that compassion around the world. Yeah. I saw one of your ambassadors, uh, I want to pronounce his name correctly. Vimal Kumar from India. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love Vimal. Yeah. 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 He wants he wants to do something a uh, virtual run now. <laughs> yeah, it, it must have been really encouraging for him because it, it took place in his hometown in India, and he and he mm-hmm. had f- yes. forty school children. How yes. how inspiring is that for you? Oh, that was the most amazing amazing experience. Like he um, he's only eighteen, 18 and he okay. managed his first race. Yeah. And when we first connected, um, he, um, I was super excited. I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm doing these races around the world. Like, will you be part of it? Cause he was hashtagging runfully, like one of the first people to do that. And, um, but I, I made the mistake of asking him if he would, um, everyone would pay like an entry mm-hmm. fee cause we were trying to raise money for a mm-hmm. cause. 
And he was like, oh, ma'am, never mind. No, thank you. Bye. (laughs) And I I was like, wait, wait. No, it's not really about that. It's about like us connecting. And so he came back a little bit later. He's like, I don't know, maybe. He came back like a week later and he was like, I have an idea. He's like, I know you want to give back. So what if instead of my friends running this race, what if they volunteer and we get, I'm really passionate about kids um, and, and spreading my love of running. So what if I get um, these school children from this organization to run instead and my, and my friends become the volunteers. And so I spawn, ended up sponsoring the race. I um, went out on a limb and sent him um, some money and we had to navigate that together, like how to ship him the shirts, how to ship him the cer- certificates. And it's a whole process like internationally um, doing that. And, uh, but it was really cool to see him take that, um, that ownership of it. And, and so I still didn't know if it was going to happen. And it was like the night before for me, it was like 2am or something. I don't know how I woke up and saw this like message from him. And he was like, I can't sleep. I'm so excited. And he sent me a picture of like all of the stuff he had bought for the race. Um, and I freaked out. I was like, it's happening. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So I called, like I said, I I called India, like I called all the like wedding photographers, videographers and everything. And I found uh, one that would attend the event um, the next morning. It was like within hours. They're like, sure. <laughs> so they shot a little video that you can see really? on my on my YouTube of the event. Yeah, that's really, awesome. Really nice. But he, <laughs> he seemed to have been motivated before he got in contact with you. How do you, mo- how, yeah. how do you motivate folks who are either hearing or viewing this for the first time to just pick up the mantle and run? Yeah, well, um, I shared my uh, 13 half marathon journey. So while I'm running, I'm like holding the phone and I'm like, Hey guys, like, this is what I'm learning this, this week, this month or like singing and dancing. And I think, I think just seeing that, seeing my joy through running and, and sharing my process too, because like, it's not always easy to get out the door. So I think even, I think that helps people even more seeing that, like, wow, like she, where she started from and that even though she's run this many races, it's still hard for her to get out the door. But look what happens when she does it. Look what happens whenever she gets the motivation, the courage to go out and, and, and yeah, like look at these experiences. I want to do that. I, I I watched your, there's a nine minute video on your uh, YouTube channel that I watched about how your process is. And Dave actually touched on this at the beginning when he mentioned that you don't necessarily require people to be runners to get started. And your video ties into that about your process. And I, I saw one thing in there where, you know, you run two minutes and walk a minute, you run five minutes and walk yeah. a minute or, and then like, I think you mentioned in one of your marathons, you actually do that on, in your half marathons where you may run for five or six minutes and then walk for a minute. Uh, um, explain to uh, an audience how they, get started and running because I think that's a great way to get started because I see a lot of people who go out there and run and they think oh I got to go run 10 miles at once and and of course they're not going to make it because you set your goal so high you can't reach it oh that's beautiful yeah I love that um you get burnt out for sure like you could you could push yourself um to and I did that for my marathon like I pushed myself too quickly um and so to get started you you don't have like I talked to this actually in when I was traveling in um, Bali, I, I, I talked to this French, um, runner, um, who won ultra marathons. And he was saying, he's like, I didn't set out thinking I was going to run an ultra marathon, you know, like I just was like, I guess I'm going to run a 5k. You know, my friend convinced me. 
And then after you run that and you get that experience, that joy of doing it, then you want to do more. So to answer your question to start, um, literally all you have to do is get out your door and run like around your block, run whatever you can. Don't think like I'm, I'm going to have to run 10 miles. Just think all I have to do is start. Like that's the hardest thing. And once you get started, then you just add on a little bit more, a little bit more. And there is a technique that I used for my entire like first half where I set up, I had like this little beeper yeah. thing. So I set a timer and I would, I would run, you, you, you change the intervals. So in the beginning, maybe I would run one minute and walk five and then slowly you change it so that you're running more than you're walking. That, um, that's actually mm-hmm. a, a, a great approach. I mean, Dave and I didn't have all that fancy equipment back in the days when we were uh, uh, learning how our uh, athletic oh, powers would work. Um, you know, <laughs> I remember uh, in ninth grade, uh, I was on the track team and I ran the mile. That was my event. And uh, mm-hmm. PE coach, first thing he did was walk outside. He said, okay, get your five mile running before practice even started. I'm living in Florida. It's 98 degrees outside with 100% humidity. And I'm, uh, 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 uh. you know, if I had somebody like you around that teach me the right way to do it, I wouldn't have been so fatigued. But um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, this has happened to me because I, you know, I, I ran a lot when I was younger. Um, and I, I actually quit running because of my hips of about seven or eight years ago. But do you get that? that runner's high that they always tell you, because I know I did, I would hit like about that three mile mark. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I was in this zone. I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't mm-hmm. look at it. I'm just in this zone. And, and I can tune everything out around the world and just kind of relax and, and think about things that have nothing to do with running. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's another beautiful point is that um, it's always, it can be hard for me to start, but yeah, once you hit a certain level and it's different, I think every day when I was doing the halves for me, it was around mile six is the, is the point where I would, you get out of your head and into your body. Like you got all this chatter going on and it's going on, it's going on. But then you hit a point where you've pushed yourself so far that, that you're breathing hard. Your, your heart is pumping your, you, you can't, you can't focus on the chatter in your mind anymore. And that's whenever, um, like ideas can like slip into your head. Um, because you've stopped that noise and it's the most beautiful, e- amazing experience. Um, yeah. Um, the marathon people told me they're like mile 20, you get this amazing high. And I, I didn't know until you don't know until you do it, man. It's so <laughs> worth it. It's hard to get there, but oh my, it's, it, it, it's even, it's the best. You're just like, I was like laughing and crying and just like, ah, yeah. <laughs> Cause you know, you're going to yeah, make it I think, point, at that yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me get into Michael's head, you know, because, you know, maybe he wanted to answer you this question. It took that, him that, that, a that's, while, right? That's, that's dangerous getting in my head, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't rent space in my head because it's expensive. <laughs> what role does diet and food play in being a runner? And how do you deal with injuries? You know, Michael wanted to answer you that question because he's, you know, mm-hmm. he's six four, three hundred pounds. And I guess he you know, was feeling a little... Been a little bit embarrassed. He keeps adding weight to me, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I did feel that. I did feel that question wanted to come up too. I'm gonna say he's like he's like my hips. Yes, you see, that's right. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, I I 
honestly didn't realize how important the diet that yeah. was to, I mean, when, when I first started, I did a ton of research, of course, and like the protein and all that. But as I got going, I, I didn't realize what it was doing for me until this year came. And I've, I've kind of like, I've slipped up a little bit on eating healthy and now, oh my gosh, I can tell the difference. Like I do not have as much energy as I used to have. And it's not just because of running. It's definitely because of nutrition. Um, yeah. And so there's a bunch of supplements that you can take. Like turmeric is one that's so amazing for your joints. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. Um, and then you asked about injuries. Um, yeah, like I actually, I got runner's knee. Um, this was before the 13, um, halves, but it was two weeks before a race and it is painful. Like I could not run cause I pushed myself, you know, back then pretty hard, but I couldn't run past six miles and I had to run 13 in like two weeks. So I just, you just anything you can find on the internet. So I, um, found this knee brace, um, which helped and then rolling out and stretching are so important. Um, and so I would, an Epsom salt bath is another amazing thing that you can do. Um, yeah. So I just every day worked on it, worked on it, worked on it. And I, I ran that race <laughs> and it, it was probably one of my slower races because I knew I had to take it easy, but I, I have to tell you like that finish line was probably one of the most magical because you, I really didn't think that I could make it and I, and I did it. And then I just rested after that and eventually it recovered and, um, I was able to keep going. So I, I really truly believe that you can overcome anything. Like my heart palpitations went away. Um, like even mental health issues like can be um, recovered. But you just have to be gentle with yourself and listen to your body because it's one thing to continue to push yourself, uh, which is it's a gentle balance, like of pushing yourself past your limits, but also listening whenever it's time to take a break and rest and then come back to it and having community, having people you can talk to like coaches, that's something that really helps, um, with knowing with what, what it is that your body wants. Speaking of, speaking of diets, uh, I had a friend of mine named, uh, Bob Scott. He used to be one of the anchors at KNX radio in LA and he was a marathon runner. And I always remember him before his marathon, like a day or two before he'd do the carb load. Do you, do you do that too? I love the carb load. Yes. <laughs> Get that pasta, baby. <laughs> yes. It, it's one of the best things about running, honestly. <laughs> um, yeah, like um, I just had like this tradition of getting, yeah, pasta. I love Thai food. Um, but in general, the day before a half marathon, I would, yeah, just breadsticks, pasta, and usually like around maybe like 5 p.m. is better. That way you have some time to process it instead of doing it like immediately right before you go to bed. Um, and I found that I was talking to, to somebody about this the other day, um, a coaching client, uh, that at mile um, 10 is whenever you lose your energy source. So if you don't do that carbo load, I have noticed the difference. I get tired and it's so hard those last three miles, even harder than it normally is. So it, it makes a difference carb loading, even though it's only, you know, like 13, you know, miles, like the marathon's more important. Hey, a but, carb load is a know? carb load. That pasta tastes all so good yeah. the day before a race. Only 30, only yes. 13 miles. That's long for Michael now. Come on. Look, <laughs> I, I was running the, I've been with my girlfriend eight years. I was running nine miles a day, five days a week when I met her. 
So what happened? And, oh, and wow. I'm in my 60s now. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ooh. Yeah. Don't tell anybody that. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna own it. I, I see. I'm entitled to a bucket list, Melissa. You can't have one yet. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and, and no matter what Dave Ooh is, remember he's older than I am. Um, <laughs> Ooh, oh wait, wait, wait. What's 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 one thing on each of your bucket lists? Ooh, I turn it around. Oh gosh, you. I think about that. <laughs> I'm gonna join Run Fully Global. <laughs> that's Yay! on my bucket list. <laughs> well, that's that's not a bad idea. I can run across the street to the pizza joint. <laughs> I mean, I, I get my yeah. carbs at the same time and I run. <laughs> you, you, only if you interview someone on the way. What, what was that animal that was in your neighborhood that you ran away from yesterday? Uh, the oh day yeah, before? there was a there was a lady running. Uh, we have coyotes here in Vegas. Coyote, yeah. And she was she was in a neighborhood. Uh, my girlfriend's parents live in the senior citizen area of Las Vegas. And I'm driving down the street, and next thing I know, I see this woman jogging, minding her own business in a neighbor residential neighborhood, mind you. About ten seconds later, I see this coyote jump a fence and was following her. So I turned my car around, and wow. I scared the coyote off just by beeping. They don't like people, so it's not a big deal. But you know, we mm-hmm. we see them all the time, and I'm like, oh, coyote! I better go save this lady. So I turned the car around and and got and beeped the horn, and the coyote took off. So yeah, it's it's a little. It's a little bizarre seeing that, but to answer your question, my bucket list, my bucket list is long. I, my, my age is mm-hmm. not going to stop me from traveling. It's not going to stop me from exercising because mm-hmm. I ride a bike five days a week. I ride somewhere between 15 and 25 miles. Um, you know, if, if there was anything, obviously you heard me say I was going to get back into uh, moving back to California and getting back into the entertainment industry, but my bucket list usually includes something along the lines of travel. This is going to sound bizarre, and I mentioned this in the last podcast we did with our previous guest. I want to see Antarctica, and I have no unearthly reason why in the hell I would want to go there. I just want to see it. <laughs> Do you like the cold? Well, I, I mean, I spent four years in northern Maine as a child, and the, you know, I, you know, it started snowing in, in early September up there, and you know, we were used to the sun going down at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and all that other nonsense. But I've never lived in the cold weather climate since. Cool. You know, cold spent, weather is not for black folks now. Come on. Yeah, we we don't we don't do cold weather. We don't do, we don't, <laughs> we don't do freezing weather. I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, I heard that there was a marathon in, in Alaska that's like through the snow and stuff. I, I don't know. One of my it's, friends was like, "You should do that someday." It, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, <laughs> it is called the I did a run. You've heard of it? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I was in Alaska about four or five years ago, but not in the oh. part where the Iditarod is. The Iditarod is done up in, north of the Arctic Circle with sled dogs. <laughs> um, uh, oh, so, yeah, but uh, okay. it, 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 would not su- it would not surprise me. But you know, even when I was in Alaska, it was October. It was just starting to get cold. It was peaceful. We were out watching the whales. You know, they come up there and, and feed before they go away. And so it was great, but uh, running in that weather, no. So my bizarreness is why I want to go to Antarctica, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a, there's two things. I'm a history buff and I love geography. I like seeing different things. I told one of our guests I want to see mountains. And she had, she had actually gone to Nepal and, and got halfway up Kathmandu and some other things like that. Said, oh, this is mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. You know, but I'm nuts. And my mm-hmm. son jumped out of an airplane, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I did that when I was in the Air Force once. So, oh, anyway, 
Long story short, let's hear about some of your travel adventures since we are a travel podcast. Uh, I saw that you had written something about uh, taking off for your 30th birthday uh, with a one-way ticket to nowhere and uh, managed to get yourself in a little bit yeah. of uh, uh, lost leisure in Singapore and a few other places. Tell, tell us about some of the, tell us about that journey specifically and then some of your other journeys. Uh, yes. So, um, my friend, um, was coworker at the time, um, had, was going to go visit her family in Australia. And she had told me like three months before, like, Hey, you should come with me. Um, and at the time I was very spontaneous about all of my travel because I was running those 13 half marathons, um, one, one a month. And I would pretty much decide like at the end of the month, okay, I'm, I'm going to go. And I didn't know what was going to happen with travel either because I, I was, um, assisting a celebrity, um, at the time and it, it could be, I had to be very spontaneous. So I was like, I don't know, we'll see when, when it comes up. She's like, you're going to plan an international trip, like, <laughs> you know, in December, a few weeks before. And I was like, yeah, she's like, all right. So then another one of um, our friends who was starting, uh, we were starting a company together at the time and um, her, the place she was working for um, had said, you know what, we're going to do a conference in Australia and we're taking you. And so I was like, whoa, this is happening. Like, okay, I think I'm going to go then. Um, but I was thinking if I'm going to go all the way there, I, I want to go somewhere else. Like I want to, I want to make it um, a trip, stay a little bit longer. Um, and then um, one of the girls who I connected with on Instagram um, her, her name is Nilu and she's from Indonesia, um, popped into my head. Cause I had this big map in my kitchen when I had my own place and I was staring at the map thinking, where am I going to go? And then I was like, Oh, she had invited me actually on a whim to visit her one day and run with her. And of course I'm like, you know, you don't really think that's ever going to happen. When am I going to go to Indonesia? I don't know this girl. <laughs> and, and, um, but I contacted her and I was like, you know what? I'm actually going to be in the area. Like, what do you think? Um, and she's just as crazy <laughs> as I am. So she's like, yeah, like, yeah, sure. Come visit me. Um, and so it, was, it ended up being um, around Christmas time. So it was on Christmas day um, that I, I went. That was the, um, I'm skipping, skipping ahead a little bit here, but <laughs> I ended up running with her on Christmas day, uh, 5K. And that's where the idea came um, to run since I had just run the, I was into numbers. So 13 halves, 13 miles and a half marathon. So I was like, why don't I run five, um, five K's, um, in five different countries. Um, because my friend was also going to go to, um, wanted to go somewhere else. So that was three countries. And then I really wanted to visit New Zealand. So that was already four. So I had an idea of four countries before I left where I wanted to go, but the fifth country, it was just going to be a mystery. I was going to figure it out, um, somewhere along the way. <laughs> so, yes. yeah. So then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> so, so then because, um, because I had been used to spontaneous travel, I think, and because I had learned a lot about booking places, um, finding being, being very, um, resourceful, um, I, I got a ticket to Indonesia, um, to visit her, um, with a stop, a layover in Japan that was 36 hours. Oh yeah. That, that's, that's, that's where that fourth country came from. So Japan. And, um, and then I had bought my ticket returning, um, from New Zealand a month later, um, to the U S so that's all I had. And I booked my hostel for Japan on the way to the airport. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and through, through that though, um, it was air, on Airbnb. And through that, I found out that Airbnb has these experiences that you can book. Um, do yeah, you guys yeah, know that? Yeah which is amazing. And so I was contacting a friend that had been to Japan. I was like, do you know anyone that will run with me? Cause I was so nervous about that. Cause I was like language barrier, never been there. never thought I was going to be there. I don't know if I want to ask somebody in the street. Cause this is the first place I'm going to like, and um, I, I found out on Airbnb experiences that they had like two or three people that do running experiences. Um, and I was going to be there at night, so they weren't offering anything, but I just contacted them and I was very passionate. I was like, for my 30th birthday, I'm proving that fitness can connect us beyond borders. And will you run with me? Will you give me a tour of your city? And will you do an interview with me? And so I found actually two, I was in Japan for 36 hours. I interviewed two people, a native person from Japan and also somebody from China who had moved there. Um, yeah, I think I slept one hour. (laughs) Wow. wow. (laughs) You you were on an adrenaline rush. Yeah, really. Yeah. Didn't, right? you, get, didn't yeah. you get stranded at one of the airports for a while? Yes. Um, so that was in Singapore. Um, I you could, was you, you, going you could have leased Dave's condo. You uh, could have leased Dave's condo <laughs> in condo? Singapore. I mean, you know. Yeah, I would have given it to you for free, you know. <laughs> Oh, what? You have a condo in Singapore? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to call you guys up next time. Be like, okay, I'm here. What can I do? (laughs) Yeah. But um, it ended up up working out um, because, um, but it was was a terrifying experience. Like, um, I was going from Bali to Vietnam and I was interviewing somebody who I was really excited about. Um, because he had started um, his own company that was similar to Airbnb there. And he um, knows the founder of Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And he like, I don't know, I was just really excited about it. But he was on a very tight schedule. So I was like, I have to be there. Um, he was doing a motorcycle tour. And um, when I got to Singapore, which was the um, the stop, the airport is huge there, right? Mm-hmm. And I had no idea And their system is very strict. So even though the line was very short, I had to exit the airport and then re-enter the airport to get to my next flight. And um, I was waiting in line, waiting in line. And so I didn't, I didn't make it. And they have a very strict policy. Also, I could, I could have made it like I'm used to like running and like barely slipping in before they close the door. But they were like, sorry, ma'am, you're not whatever the two hour, one hour, whatever limit um, is, is over. Like you're not going to get on this flight. And so the next flight out wasn't. I, I actually ended up having to fly to another city. I had to really use my skills there to like find like, and I still interviewed that guy. It was the next day in a completely different city. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he was like, oh my gosh, you're chasing me down. <laughs> like, I guess you really want this interview to happen. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he, he thought it was awesome. Um, but then while I was in Singapore, I hadn't told my banks that I was going to be there. Um, so I didn't know why, because I was so tired. I had just run um, the, the day before. I was on very little sleep. Um, and, um, I actually had decided I, I met somebody at the hostel. I booked a hostel really quick on, on Airbnb, which it was like this spaceship thing. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if you guys seen those. It's like a little, little yeah. capsule yeah. that you sleep in. Yeah. It's super cool. Um, and the first person that I, I met was from India and he was staying there. I was like, Hey, I'm doing this thing. Like, will will you, by then I was a little bit more brave to ask people. I was like, will you run with me? And he's like, yeah. So we went to, um, to some place, but we ended up running, I think like, eight miles instead of the three, I, I, six miles. I don't know. It was yeah. a lot. And so I, I was, I was tired and I was roaming around the city. 
um, trying to get food and my card kept getting declined and I, and I couldn't get money out of the bank and uh, the, the thing. And I was asking people for help. And so I started to cry actually. And just like, I, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I, I, I can't go like another step. And I took my phone out and actually, and I recorded myself and I talked to myself through it. I was like, no, like you're lucky you you're in Singapore. You never thought you'd be here. You just got somebody to agree to run with you. Like you're going to make it through this. You're, 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 you're going to do this. It's, it's, you're having an amazing experience. And somebody ended up stopping and offering to buy me some food. Um, and then once I ate, I realized that it was because I hadn't called my bank. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I, I called, yeah. yeah you got to tell so them I these days. Them, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. That happened to me in Cabo San Lucas where I forgot to call the bank and they declined my hotel room charge. It's like, uh-oh, I had to get on the phone and straighten <laughs> <laughs> How do you stay motivated during the uh, cold months? Uh, do, you, do you jump on your, on your treadmill and keep yourself motivated? Or you, or you just choose areas that are much warmer climates? Um, well... Yeah, I, I just, um, I actually just did a snow hike with my friend, um, which was, um, really fun, hard, hard to do. I wouldn't have done it if it wasn't for her, like encouraging me to go with her. Um, I think sometimes whenever I'm down, when it's cold, like doing running groups really helps. Um, because then you're around a bunch of people that are like, <laughs> we're still going to do this, even though it's freezing. I think that helps like rather than it's hard to push yourself sometimes to like, to get going. Um, but we're lucky. I mean, honestly, in California, it doesn't ever no, get yeah. that cold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I definitely, well, I, I, I am planning a trip coming up to Costa Rica. Oh, nice. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. We, we, uh, I've been there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's one of my favorite places. I studied abroad. Oh, there, nice. So. Yeah. I'm actually, we were there five years ago and I liked it so much that I'm contemplating buying a piece of property there. Oh uh, yeah. 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 One of my dear friends, that yeah, one of my amazing. dear friends who Dave and I interviewed uh, several months ago, uh, she lives in Limon. Uh, she was actually born, she was born in oh. Limon, but she goes back and forth between there and L.A. She's got dual citizenship. And uh, yeah. yeah, she actually got accepted at Harvard for her Ph.D. So I, I, I don't know how she's na- navigating that from Costa Rica, but she is. But yeah, I, I, I love wow. Costa Rica. That, that place yeah. is awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the Caribbean side, Yeah, right? Limon is the, is the Afro... Uh, Caribbean side. It's in the southeast corner on the Caribbean side. Now I was in um on the other side of the country in the northwest corner in the I think Guanacaste area. That's where I was. We uh uh mm-hmm. and it was great. I mean, you know, you wake up in the morning and the only thing you see is the monkeys outside your window stealing the fruit out of uh <laughs> out of my patio. Yeah, uh, yeah. the hotel we stayed at, mm-hmm. they they kept giving us apples every day. I'm like damn, I can't eat this many apples. So I would just pick the apple up and go out on my balcony and set it there, close the door. And not 10 seconds later, some monkey came swooping down and grabbed it. That's so cool. It was great. Have you ever been to Arenal? I have, actually. And the the hanging bridges. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah, there's like 27 Uh or 28 of them. I think I made it through like five or six of them before uh, my hips started to hurt. And I said, well, I can't walk any further. But the guide wanted me to stay with them because he was worried because that there was, you know, the poisonous snakes and the wild boars and stuff through there, but there was a shortcut path to get me back so I can wait for everybody to get done. And I remember the first 
like the fourth bridge you walk across is doing like this. Some idiots out there in the middle of the bridge laying down, face up, shaking the chains. I'm six foot four. You know, <laughs> th- those chains hit me in the waist. One tip and I'm going in the water below. And so I eventually, uh-huh. I talked him into allowing me to walk back by myself. I wasn't 15 feet away from him when this humongous snake comes across my footpath. Wow. And wow. Uh, it was poisonous. And, uh, and so I kind of kept my distance and eventually I picked up something and threw it at it and, and it took off. And then I was fine after that, but I don't get, a, I hate snakes first of all, but I don't get alarmed. If I see one, I know kind of how to get myself out of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Growing up in Florida helped uh, deal with that. But yeah, th- that's what he was worried about. He didn't want me to run across any wildlife that I didn't know how to handle. Uh, but, but that volcano is awesome because it just, I have pictures around here somewhere. It just sits there like, out in the middle of nowhere, and all of a sudden you get this thing. And at first, it's a dormant volcano, but you know, you think uh, it had clouds hanging over. It, so the people that were with me thought there was actually smoke coming out, and it's not. It was just clouds hanging over it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I love hot springs too. I went to one of those um, too. <laughs> yes. Someday I want to do a show about all the hot springs around the world. Dave and I are in, by the way. If you do that, we're in. I was, I was just, yes. just going to say that. That will be extremely interesting. We'll be your, we'll, we'll okay, be your guinea okay. pigs. <laughs> all right. All right. We'll, 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 we'll put that on the, yeah, on the yeah, list. Yeah, that just got added to our bucket list. <laughs> we'll, yeah. hey, you'll, be, yes. you'll be like Miss Daisy and I'll be Morgan Freeman. <laughs> hey, I like it. I dig it. I feel it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you, you can do the you can do the voiceover yeah. and the. And then she went to <laughs> New Zealand. And the reason why the clouds come up like this is because yeah. <laughs> you do all the, all the history of it. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of that, in in New Zealand, um, I most beautiful place. Oh my goodness! Like people are not lying when they tell you that. And, um, I, I got to see geysers and like wow. the, um, yeah. Um, uh, I can't remember the name of the village now, but, um, yeah, so, so beautiful. And I met this lady from Brazil, um, there, um, and I happened to be learning Portuguese. So I ended up doing a running, um, adventure with her in Portuguese, mostly. Oh, nice. Too. <laughs> really? nice. Did you go bungee jumping? You know, it was invented in New Zealand. Yeah. Really? I didn't know. Yeah. Um, I've been bungee jumping in Costa Rica okay. the first time I went. Um, yeah. And, and I think, I think once you go there in such a beautiful place, um, that you, you don't want to do any of those little bungee jumps that are around here anymore. You're like, no, <laughs> you are daring. L- listen, when I go to the amusement park, you know, what's my favorite ride? What? Mary, what, what, what they call it? Mary. <laughs> I was going to say that. The merry go around is my favorite. <laughs> do, do, does, does it scare you a little bit? You know, like how the, do you, do you pick a stationary one or the horses that go no, up? No, I pick a stationary one. I don't like heights. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm not into, I'm yeah. not into heights and all that motion. No. You need to, you need to stay with mm-hmm. the bumper cars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, I will tell you, whenever I um, went back to this place in, in Costa Rica, like uh, maybe four or five years after I'd initially gone when I was like 21, mm. uh, and I, cu- I couldn't do the jump again. There was like this jump that somebody like had jumped into the water and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that too. And it was awesome. But I stood there staring for like 10 minutes and I, I couldn't do oh. it. So mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
as, as somebody <laughs> who has jumped out of an airplane once, the the fear that I had was real. Uh, and I remember the night before when they were packing the chute, I would not allow anybody to touch mine. I took my chute home with me because mm. I, I wanted to know that that bad boy was packed the way it should have been packed. So I knew if I had to do something, it, that cord would open. And I remember the instructors mm-hmm. were looking. I was in the Air Force at the time, and I remember the instructors looking over at me. and said, why are you taking your cord over? I said, do you think I trust any of you with my life? Uh-uh. I'm getting ready to jump out of a plane at 12,000 feet. There is no way in hell I'm letting you take my parachute home. <laughs> so y'all got yeah. mad at me, but they'll get over it. Yeah, um, that's it. Was, was that part? No, part actually it wasn't. It was something I did on my own because I just wanted to do it. And, and, and it's funny. My son mm-hmm. about three years ago did the same thing down in San Diego with his girlfriend mm-hmm. and he sent me these pictures of the two of them jumping out. Now my, my son's uh, wife is a little tiny Latina. She's about five feet tall and to watch her jump on an airplane on a tandem jump with somebody was actually kind of hilarious, but um, <laughs> that's a story for another day. <laughs> um, one of the big things that I like about your program is the cultural experience uh, that you get from working across cultures and across boundaries and across language barriers and stuff like that. I think what you do brings the world together, which we need right now, especially mm-hmm. now. Uh, um, give us your perspective on that cultural experience. You know, you've told us a lot of stories about getting along with people, just approaching people in different countries. But how, how welcoming is that when you find people that just open their arms for you? Oh, um, it's in, it's incredible. Like um, being able to like I said, con- connect with somebody on like, like that lady from, um, Brazil, um, Eliana, she, um, loves to dance as well. So whenever you're able to, to talk with somebody about that, then, um, you find that we are not so different than, than we right. think that we are. Um, then you open up the door to find out about like, People, it's like, oh, like my friend, no, we're very close with, um, with the girl in Indonesia now. And uh, we have Zoom calls all the time and I've gotten to know her, her religion. I, I've gotten to know, um, I'm learning actually Indonesian just for fun because she started to teach um, and she's an excellent, amazing teacher. Um, and so as I'm like learning the, the, the different words, I'm, I'm learning um, about different things like um, uh, they they have a different word um, for for foreigners. Um, <laughs> we got a few um, of those, and, and, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I hope it's not a bad but word. It, now. It, <laughs> <laughs> bully, bully, yeah. So 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 yeah. I learned a really funny. She thinks it's really funny. Um, I say. Um, Dan Akubule. That means, and I'm a foreigner. <laughs> and um, and 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 when I was there, people would want to take pictures with with me because I'm a foreigner. So you're like a mini celebrity, just yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, so you get to know like um, yeah, just really beautiful things. Um, and and oh, I yeah, whenever you do that. Like, I feel like when you get to know that, that's the, one of the biggest goals of Renfully is that when you watch these stories, mm-hmm. you will not only feel like you're there, you'll not only be motivated for running, but you also get to deeply know somebody, this personal story of somebody. Um, so that, that opens your eyes and, and, um, gives you that humanity, mm-hmm. gives you that deeper understanding 
of somebody else's journey because when you connect with them on that level, then then you maybe stop doing the generalizations of people. Then you're like, wow, they're just like me. Like, wow, like I want to know more about them or like, wow, like I'm learning about the running aspect and not even realizing that I'm also learning about their culture. Um, And so maybe next time when you see somebody else on the street, you might be less afraid to give them a smile, to ask for help because people want to help you. People want to like, people want connection. Connection is, I realize connection is something that is just as important as water. It's just as important as, as food, as exercise connection is. And I think we're all experiencing that on a deeper level now too, with everything that's going on this year um, is that we need that for our mental health. We need that for, we need each other. And and it's a beautiful (laughs) thing, right? Yeah. (laughs) We all need to live together and give each other (laughs) virtual hugs at the very least. (laughs) (laughs) When you're not running, uh, what do you do? What, what activities do you enjoy the most? Mm, Well, other physical activities as I, I love to dance. Um, I like yoga, but other than that, I also love to read. I read, um, young adult sci-fi books. Hey, cool. Um, I think I've, I think I've read like 17 this year. Oh, wow. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not usual, but you know, <laughs> um, I love to learn languages. Um, so I, I learned Spanish in, um, school. Uh, and then I ended up getting a minor in it in college and studying abroad in Costa Rica. Um, so that's my second language. But then I'm also learning Portuguese now for fun. And like I said, Indonesian, really, really just just a couple phrases and stuff because it's 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 a lot of fun. It keeps your your brain occupied in a different way. And again, it goes back to that connection because I just love to connect with different people. Um, like there's an app called Tandem actually, um, where you can do a language exchange with anybody in the world. So you help them with their English. They help you with whatever language they All speak. Right. I'll help you with uh, mm-hmm. Beijing. Have you ever heard about the Beijing language? Oh, no. What is, is that Barbados? Ah, or is that Barbados. From... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not really a language. It's just to maybe speak with our accent and so on. So, you... How do you say, uh, hello, how are you? Maybe say, hello, how are you? But it's how we pronounce the words and so on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Michael understands it very well. Yeah, I, I've learned over the years. <laughs> but but I also think that you're so right about language exploring another part of the brain. Bringing folks together. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it brings it together. And mm-hmm. I say that because my dad spoke seven languages fluently. He was he had this oh, wow. he had this yeah. gift that I still to the I mean he spent a year in Vietnam and picked up Vietnamese fluently in the in the year that he was there. Uh, I, I've never seen mm. anybody pick up languages like my father, but I, I also remember my girlfriend's dad had a stroke about three years ago now, and he is fluent yeah. in Spanish and English. Uh, and mm-hmm. the therapist actually explained to us when they were trying to get his speech back that he was mm-hmm. so uh, adept at being bilingual that it didn't matter whether you spoke to him in English or in Spanish. For him, it was seamless. Whereas wow. most people mm-hmm. uses a separate part of the brain to speak a foreign language. And, and I, and I found mm-hmm. that fascinating because, you know, I spent three years in Spain as a child and I was fluent in Spanish back then. And I remember how seamless the language seemed to be when I came back to the United States, there was no separation 
of English in my brain, Spanish in my brain. It was just a seamless transition that uh, yeah. seemed to work for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love when that happens. Um, it takes me like two to three days of being back in Costa Rica um, or some or someplace where I'm speaking Spanish every day for that to happen. But I can feel it click in. And when it happens, um, you don't even realize after, after having a conversation sometimes. Did I say that in English or did I say really? it in Spanish? I, I don't know. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and, you know, my <laughs> girlfriend's first language is Spanish. So uh, sometimes when you know she she was writing something this morning and she had to come in and ask me how to phrase it properly and stuff like that and I get a kick out of that. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I don't seem to do so well in reverse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's one of the things I have to figure that out. Now, Michael, um, isn't your second language Spanglish? Well, yeah, from living in Texas all those years. I, I also spent eight years in San Antonio, mm. which is, you know, 140 miles from the Mexican border. That's right. So a lot of people down there speak what they call Spanglish, uh, which is this hybrid, of course, of... Uh, I don't think Melissa, I don't think Melissa got that one. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the, the Spanglish? Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's this hybrid of the English language and the Spanish language that the South Texans have kind of merged together to form Spanglish. Uh, so is, is it, is it like, like Parky R instead yeah, of, kind of, yeah, <laughs> yeah, kind of, you nailed it. What it actually does, uh, what, what it actually does as well, um, in a sentence, half the sentence is English, the other half is Spanish. So you don't, so you mm-hmm. don't, you don't finish your mm-hmm. sentence in English or in Spanish. You you know, it's divided partly Spanish, part French. That part, sounds uh, like that sounds English. like that sounds like Southern. Um, <laughs> if you ever, if, if you ever like down south, but, it's a whole different language. You know, like speaking about travel and languages, I I think that if people um, were to learn um, a little bit of whatever language it is that uh, the the country they're yeah. going to, it'll make that their experience so much yeah, richer. That is so true. Um, and, and yeah, uh-huh, because people respect you. People get excited. As when I was in Korea, especially South Korea, people get really excited when you say like, um, you know, like, <laughs> they're like, ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, sp- I spent two months in South Korea. So I, I, I remember, and, and they appreciated it. They really, really did. Yeah. Do you know the thing that threw me off about South Korea when I got there? Because most South Koreans are bilingual. They do. If they're around mm-hmm. English speaking people, mm-hmm. they've picked up the language. And mm-hmm. I remember I walked into this one store and I was going to try to buy a suit, you know, fashion, making mm-hmm. uh, clothing in South Korea is a very popular thing. And so I, I was going to pay the ticket price for the item that I was purchasing and the guy wouldn't sell it to me. I'm like, I looked at him like, why not? Because he wanted to bargain. If you didn't bargain, he, he wasn't going to mm-hmm. sell it to me. So I actually had negotiated half price and he was mad. I said, this is either one or the other. You get the bargain or you get the half price. Well, you know, so we had some fun with that. But that guy actually became really good friends with me after that. And, and, and yeah. I think you find that when you speak a language or at least make an attempt, the locals appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. they really do. Yeah. So, so tell us, what is your future plans for Run Fully Global? Um, so... Next year, I'm going to be launching, um, as you said, the travel series on YouTube, um, and we'll hopefully have have some sort of a premiere around that. Um, and then I'll be looking for ambassadors, maybe to around towards the middle end of the year, 
Uh, my goal is to have um, 13, because of the number, <laughs> solid um, <laughs> ambassadors from different places around the world um, who will then be able to put on events and maybe even premieres around the, that, that content that goes on onto YouTube. Because the idea is to get people um, inspired and motivated by this content that we're creating um, and then also provide them with ways to connect to an actual actual community. Um, whether that we'll see what happens next year, whether that be on Zoom or in person or perhaps even a combination of of both. I think it actually has been a blessing in some ways because it offers a different way of thinking about things so that um, people will be able to connect with each other from around the world without actually having to necessarily um, travel. Um, so they're traveling through, through zoom really now. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, um, my program will launch in December. I'll have a four day, um, free, um, challenge to help ignite people's motivation because I think that it's the only way that we're going to see a change in this next year is if we take action. Um, and, um, a lot of people have lost motivation, even my, myself included with fitness, um, over the last year. So it'll be uh, a way to relaunch right before, um, the holidays. Um, and then for people that are really interested in diving in a little bit deeper, um, there'll be, uh, a four to six week program, um, starting immediately after that going into January, that way you're starting your year off, um, motivated, fresh, um, and, and ready to go. Um, and then, um, and then, yeah, then I'll be looking, um, after I have the um, travel series edited and all of that going, then I'll be looking for like sponsorships and, um, to, to really make that ambassador program stronger. Cause like that global com component is what drives mm -hmm. me the most helping, helping people around the world, providing ways for people to give back through fitness. Um, yeah, I have a, a lot of, a lot of big, big plans, but I got to start small and well, you know, you spent you spent a lot of time in Hollywood with your your previous career and your location scouting and things like that. So they almost it's almost ingrained in you that if you don't think big, you're not going to get anything done. That's so true. Yeah, I'm so lucky um, to have the experiences that I did um, in order to realize that anything can happen. That you you can you can create anything, but you have you do have to think. Uh, you have to think big and then you have to take that. I have to take my own medicine. You have to take things step by step. You have to, you have to start small. You have like a journey, a journey of a marathon starts with a single step, but you've got to take that first step. I, I, I do. I, I do have one question to ask you. It has been written over and over and over again about how millennials and Gen Xers are not as physically fit as say our generation. How have you bridged mm -hmm. that Gap. I mean, kids don't exercise in school anymore because the schools have taken all the exercise programs away unless there is a sport that they play. Um, you know, mm -hmm. when Dave and I grew up, you know, physical education was required. Yeah. Um, you know, now it's not, you know, and and I find the, the the juxtaposition between, you know, wanting younger people to eat healthy and stuff like that. And it doesn't seem like the schools are doing enough to take them in that direction. What has your experience been with your peers and your age group? Uh, especially here in the United States, who typically just kind of become couch potatoes. Yeah, um, I think that um, I am lucky being in the community that I am because, um, or actually, I've gotten ex ex experience both because being in LA, I feel like people are a little bit more health conscious, especially Santa Monica. 
There's a lot of like yoga places, you know, running, bicycling, you see it all. But then coming back to Orange County, um, I do see the difference. And I, I think for me, it's like, helping people to see fitness as being fun again, like helping um, put the joy back into something like running um, and creating, uh, I think community, it keeps coming up over and over again. It's something that is um, super important and helps to motivate. But yeah, I don't know. I could see in the future creating something for schools for sure, because that, that is something that is so important and helps your um academics it helps everything like when when kids are yeah when kids are not moving like then they're not able to focus um and so yeah and yeah i think that well i actually was involved in a program for a while um called girls on the run um that that compared like a 5k run um with um learning exercises was an after school program so I don't know, I guess if there's anybody listening that has an inkling of like wanting to start something like that, now's the time. Go for it. We need oh, it. yeah. Especially. <laughs> especially now. Mm-hmm. Michael, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I was just going to ask Melissa what her travel plans are for 2021. Um, actually. Um, oh, that was a loaded question, I, Dave. I, look, look at it. Look at it. You see your bounce around. You just see. got all excited. I see. <laughs> I'm planning um, <laughs> to leave on Thanksgiving Day really? of this year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, I'm going to go to Seattle to um, visit my friend, um, just just me and her, um, uh, um, another girl that I, that I met through through uh, um, the Powerhouse Women um, <laughs> uh, group. So we haven't actually met in person, but we've done a ton of Zoom meetings over this last year. Um, so I'm really excited um, to see her for three days. And then from there, I'm going to go to Costa Rica. Um, and um, I'm planning to spend, it's something that I've been wanting to do for a very long time. Um, I'm going to spend a month there by myself. I, I found a place uh, very, very low priced um, for a month um, by r um, and I'm going to just focus on that group program that I'm doing as well as editing this travel series and like, just like have a little bit of like a, a work vacation. Um, cause that's something that I loved on my trip when I went to those seven countries is that I was like, in the beginning of the day, I would work a solid two to four hours. And then the rest of the day, I would just go and explore nature and be restored with that. Um, hot springs, you know, I'll probably run to the hot springs and just kind of have like a reset kind of a, a recovery period, um, for myself. Um, and then I'll come back, um, early next year and, um, we'll see where it goes from there. If, if you, if you get a mm-hmm. chance, there's three episodes of our previous podcast I want you to take a listen to. One of them is episode five, and it's called Costa Rica Pura Vida, I believe, Dave, if yeah. I got the name They're correctly. Correct, yeah. uh, and yeah. then the one that's out there right now uh, is about a guy named Ray Blakeney, who is a location-independent entrepreneur. He's managed to build a seven-figure business while being location-independent. He has actually spent 75% of his life as an expat. And he he currently lives in Querétaro, Mexico. And uh, he started Mm -hmm. a a program called Live Lingua, which teaches, I think, 17 languages online. And he's built a seven-figure income business out of it. And then the other one was two. What what was Carrie's episode? Um, It's about the digital digital nomad. Yeah, Carrie's episode, which uh, I believe is just two episodes back, she is actually a U.S. citizen who's now based in Copenhagen. But uh, she she has a company that has 13 employees all over the world, 
but uh, she uh, developed this digital nomad lifestyle where uh, she spent time in Puerto Rico. She spent time in Medellin and then she moved to Copenhagen. She liked Copenhagen so much that she reincorporated her business and has decided to stay. And the, the reason I'm mm. mentioning that to you is you just mentioned location in you know, working two or three hours a day and then going out and exploring and running. That's what they all do. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and you, you can get some input from them. And if you need us to connect you, let us know. Those images behind you, are those images from your travel or, or your travels? Yes. Uh, so this is my very first um, half marathon medal. Uh, it was the Disneyland half. Um, this is the chakras. <laughs> um, and this is um, my very first marathon, the LA marathon. Uh, um, and then I don't know if you can see this one, but I love You can describe this. what it is. You it's, can describe what it is. Yeah, I'll tell you. Yeah. So I'm holding like this cat mask right now um, that was handcrafted. I believe by um, native people from Costa Rica. Um, and yeah, I love cats. So beautiful, yeah. beautiful. <laughs> I, I like to do that. You know, I, I don't like to buy um, a ton of stuff uh, while I travel, but if I can buy a piece of yeah. art, just one piece of art from every place that I've been, I love to decorate um, my room with that and like remind me of the places that I've been. Um, that's, that's like Jamie's, yeah. uh, Michael, that's like what Jamie's that, that does. Um, mm-hmm. I, um, what's it in, intentionally lost? Yeah. I am intentionally lost. Yeah. She goes around the world and collects bowls. And, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah that's she has nice. this fantastic collection of bowls mm-hmm. from South Africa. And, uh, I think she was in India. I, she lived in Tokyo for three years. So she's got some of those. So that's, that's her and her husband's thing. They collect bowls. And yeah. actually, I, th- I actually I think I it's her thing, but she got the husband to go along. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I love, I love functional art. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Cause then if you're actually, you know, things that you're going to need to use anyways, like I'm, I'm kind of, I've become a minimalist minimalist because of travel, um, because of going to all That's of those countries yeah. and like, I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to carry, I was happiest when I had like seven outfits for a whole month, you know? Uh, just to carry on luggage is oh, all I said. That's nice. That, that, that's easy to travel mm-hmm. that way, you know. Uh, you don't need that, that fancy wardrobe. You mm-hmm. know, most countries don't do that. Well, I got to tell you, I've had so much fun talking to you. I know Dave has, and uh, we enjoy the laughter. We love the stories, and we want to do whatever we can to encourage you to keep going. Do, right. do, do you, you do what mm-hmm. you do. And uh, what we also would like to do is have you back at some point when you have some more adventures to sell, to tell us about, and, um, you know, keep us surprised. We will definitely promote your YouTube channel when you're ready to launch your show. And, uh, again, we, you know, this, this is something special. This is something unique to the travel and tourism industry that bridges cultures, which is one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on the show. I appreciate that so much. Thank you. Like that encouragement to keep going is something that you always you always, you always need to keep running yeah, for yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and thanks, and mm-hmm. thanks for the free advice that you gave to my co-host in terms of keeping <laughs> healthy and so on. You know, that's, that's yes, yes. Cure your hate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, bicycling is amazing too, though. Well, know? I, I, the, only, the only reason <laughs> I took up bicycling, and honestly, we had a guest on who does bicycle tours around the world. But the other thing that I, the other reason is, is I didn't want to go into the gym because of COVID. Because of COVID, yeah. So, mm-hmm, you know, I started mm-hmm. bicycling. There's bike trails all over my neighborhood. I mean, I, I can I can ride mm. 25 miles in about an hour and a half in my neighborhood and and not get, you know, too bogged down in traffic. It's a very bedroom-ish community where I live here in Vegas. So it just seemed like a natural thing to do. 
uh, now I have to figure out how to do it with the colder weather. Yeah, that's true. Well, you can still be a part of Runfully. You'll, right. you'll just bicycle instead. It'll be, yeah. well, maybe <laughs> I'm hoping one of these days the tender tissues in my two hips will heal themselves uh, right. and, and I can start running again. But I, I did. I was running eight or nine miles a day just four or five years ago, and then I had to stop. Have you ever thought about doing it on Zoom in some sort of format on Zoom? Actually, yeah. <laughs> I'm working it out, but on December 5th, I'm trying to do a, a global virtual run. Where people can um, keep yeah, us abreast, hold, hold their phones, keep and us, yeah, <laughs> keep us abreast of that. I will, I will. <laughs> yeah, please do. I, I love this use of technology and athleticism at the same time. This is great. I wish we'd have had stuff like this, and Dave and I were growing up. We just, you know, yeah. uh, it, it just didn't have it. So it allows you to stay globally connected. I think this is awesome. It is. Mm-hmm. Well, Melissa, again, I want to thank you on behalf of Dave. We had a blast yeah. talking to you, and again, I hope you just stay in touch with us and. And just drop us an email. You don't have to ask for an invitation or anything like that. But before we go, tell everybody where we can find you. Um, so you can find me at uh, www.runfullyglobal.com. That's R-U-N fully uh, global.com. And then at the top, um, you can hit subscribe um, if you would like to receive notifications for when these things will be coming out and special deals. Um, there's also a link to my YouTube there, um, our Runfully Global Instagram. Um, and if you would like to find me personally on Instagram, that's Melissa Ames, M-E-L-I-S-S-A-A-M-E-S. Um, and I share um, my personal journey there. Nice, nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Again, Melissa Ames, Melissa Ames, Melissa Ames. Thank you so much for doing this. <laughs> and uh, we will definitely be back in touch with you because, like I said, we want you back to share some more stories. So, uh, on behalf of uh, my dear friend Dave Cumberbatch, this is Michael Bennett. We will see you next time on another episode of TripCast360.com. Mm-hmm.